This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled to be joined by a brilliant physician scientist, Dr. Richard Burt, today. He's going to talk today about both his career, but more importantly, about some of the most recent research that he's doing and some of the findings and, and how it's coming along. Uh, Dr. Burt, take a moment and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you're doing. So, my name is Richard Burt, and um, what I've been, I was originally trained in hematology oncology uh, in the last century, actually, so a long time ago. But uh, while doing transplant in uh, leukemias, I had the idea to apply that technology to autoimmune diseases. And that all started at Hopkins. And then I started working in animal models of autoimmune disease, doing transplants. And it took about a decade of that preclinical work in animal models before we were finally able to get to the point where we could treat patients. And uh, over the last two decades, I've been treating a lot of patients and have uh, published a lot of papers and academic medical textbooks. I think most recently, this medical textbook, it's about 686 pages, 140 professors, associate professors from universities around the world. Uh, in a, and that came out in November of 2021 because I want to get, there's so much misunderstanding about how to apply this technology and uh, what the results are. So I wanted to help get information out there besides just my regular talks to uh, medical societies or universities and my regular medical publications. And then to, to empower patients, I most recently wrote this book. Uh, everyday miracles and uh, you know it's about 250 pages it's really a profiles in courage uh, about patients and what they went through in terms of their ms and the treatments and how they were still progressing and getting worse and then having a transplant and what happened to them and um, you know traditionally in in uh, transplant we would give follow-up to five years and not after that, which is fairly long compared to drug trials. Drug company trials are usually one to two years. But in any event, in writing this book, I just randomly started contacting patients who were 10, 15, 20, longest 21 years now post-transplant. And just by randomly doing that, I was shocked to find out that uh, everyone that I had contacted for the book uh, was still in remission on no medications whatsoever since transplant got better and stayed better. And so, um, their stories are in here, and it's not just about MS, it's about systemic sclerosis and CIDP, chronic inflammatory demyelinating polyradicular neuropathy, uh, neuromyelitis optica, also known as Crohn, as uh, Devick's disease and Crohn's disease. And so it's, you know, unfortunately, you can only do so many in a, in a lay book. There are limits to how long it can be. So there's 54 patients in there. Take one moment, Dr. Burke. You're a stem cell research expert, leader. Take a moment and tell us first the title of the book, and then also a little bit about what people should know about stem cell research and the advances in stem cell research. So basically, the title of the book, Everyday Miracles, the reason it's called that is it was my uh, business manager and nurse who suggested it. And she said the reason she did is a patient was talking to her after the transplant and actually said, what's it like working with Dr. Burt? And before she could answer, the patient said, I bet it's like watching uh, Everyday Miracles. So my nurse suggested that as the title and that's why I titled that. Um, 
Um, so, Dr. Burke, if we're going to give a proper shout out to the nurse, what is your nurse leader's name for the proper shout out? Kathleen Quigley. Thank you very, very much. So Everyday Miracles, suggested by a patient, will respect HIPAA rules and not mention the patient's name, but that's phenomenal. I love that title, and what a wonderful career, and what a wonderful tribute. Uh, and how gratifying is it to call all those patients to find they're still doing okay, knock on wood. So talk about stem cell research. What should, you know, what should all of us know about stem cell research and its applications? Uh, so first, let me go back to an important point you brought up, HIPAA. And you're absolutely right about HIPAA. And so the way I did this when I contacted a patient, uh, I made very clear that there's no expectation for them to do this. I was actually very pleased to see that they were just universally wanted to do this because they've been frustrated that this information isn't getting out there. Most of them are already on websites talking about it and so forth. But to do this, I developed it with each patient. I had them read the story, make sure it's that they're okay with it, and they all sign permission for their story to be used. And I used no last names, and I gave every patient the option of a pseudo name, uh, although they could use their first name. I and I actually recommended pseudo names because I of my basic training in in uh, you know HIPAA. But uh, I left that uh, whether they wanted a first name or a pseudo name entirely up to them with no last names. And the story they pre-approved and signed consent for this. I think actually the harder thing is that there will be patients, a lot of patients who wish their stories could have been in there because they were the actors on the stage uh, uh, going through this uh, kind of as, as Shakespeare had said, and they all, each and every one of them have unique and important uh, stories, but unfortunately we couldn't get them all in there. Now back to your second question about stem cells. And, I think that's where there's a big miscommunication here. The stem cells we use are a hematopoietic stem cell. Those are the stem cells for your immune cells, uh, uh, which cause autoimmune diseases. Uh, but those, when we reinfuse them, uh, they have no therapeutic effect whatsoever. They're not a drug. They're a supportive blood transfusion. Uh, the effect comes from the conditioning regimen, which is about five or six days of immune-specific drugs to knock down the old immune system, uh, and patient selection. You have to get the right group of patients for this to work. For instance, if you do this in secondary progressive MS, especially when it's non-active, it's not going to work. Uh, because that's no longer an immune-mediated disease. That's a neurodegenerative process. So you have to get the right uh, group of patients. And obviously, you don't want to do this therapy in someone who's having relapses very infrequently with no disability. So it's getting that right group of patients and uh, applying the right regimen. That's the key. The stem cells have no therapeutic effect. They're simply a, a blood transfusion, a supportive blood product. If you use a myeloblative regimen, as is used in transplant of cancers, you have to give those hematopoietic stem cells or the bone marrow does not recover and you will never remake the cells circulate in the blood and that's not compatible with life. If you do non-myeloblative, which is what I do, you don't have to give them. You're gonna recover just fine without them, but it's prudent to give them because it shortens the period of neutropenia by about four or five days, makes it safer and get out of the hospital sooner. So again, that's one of the big misunderstandings out there is that that hematopoietic stem cell is a therapeutic cell for MS or any autoimmune disease. And it is not. It absolutely is not. It's the, this is an immune-based therapy. It's not a stem cell therapy. It's just 
that by, I have to follow tradition. And traditionally, if you give uh, drugs that knock down uh, the bone marrow uh, it, and you give stem cells back to help recovery or to support recovery, it's called a transplant, whether they're effective or not. And so um, there is no such thing as an autologous transplant uh, that's non-myeloblative in cancer. And uh, some people, that what you do in cancer is use myeloblative regimens, those are much more aggressive. Some people apply that for autoimmune diseases. I do not. I always argue against it because I don't think you need that type of aggressive toxicity. And our data supports that, that you don't. You can do it in a, in a less toxic, more mild manner. And so that's also one of the confusions out there. Everybody thinks all transplants are the same. They absolutely are not. That's a big misnomer. That's like thinking that one particular drug like Lemtrada is exactly the same as another like Copaxone in terms of efficacy and toxicity for MS. They absolutely are not the same. Um, and so it's the conditioning regimen you use because the stem cells have no therapeutic effect. And so unfortunately, whether it's a physician or a patient, I think a lot of people just lump all transplants into one category with this idea it's like these very toxic regimens used for leukemia. And in fact, well, I, I don't do that. I use a, a immune-specific non-myeloblative regimen. You don't even have to give the stem cells, but it, it's prudent to do so to make it safer. So this is an immune-based therapy. It's not a true stem cell therapy. And that's, I think, a very important distinction that's missed because of the terminology that's used and a lack of understanding of of how that terminology came about and why it's used. It's not the stem cells are not therapeutic at all. And there's nothing we do to manipulate them. We simply correct them, uh, collect them, cryopreserve them, and give them back in after the conditioning regimen. Thank you very, very much. When you look at the advances in MS treatment, what are you most excited about? Well, I suggest read this book. <laughs> and uh, obviously for me to have spent, uh, this is an idea I had about 35 years ago, and to develop it from an idea into reality and then see it come true. Right now it's this. And what we, I will continue to do in this area is see if we can't tweak it to make it better. So finding the right conditioning regimen is like an astronomer trying to find a planet orbiting another sun that could be in the habitable zone. You know, it can't be too close to that star. That is, it can't be too hot. It can't be too far away or too weak. It has to be in the habitable zone. And that region, that distance from the star depends how strong the star is. So if it's a, a low energy red sun, it has to be closer compared to the average, average energy yellow sun like we have compared to a big blue star where it needs to be further away. It's the same, depending on the disease, you need different intensities, different types of, of uh, regimens. They can all be auto uh, non-myeloblative, but you need different intensity regimens. And you have to find that ideal point, that habitable zone, that's the best for each disease. And so one conditioning regimen doesn't work for all. But right now, this has really converted, this approach has converted what's traditionally considered just a chronic autoimmune disease in which drugs slow progression, but don't reverse disability to any significant extent into, with using this stem cell transplant into a uh, reversible uh, one-time disorder. With the majority of patients maintaining remissions as long as, you know, now 10 to 20 years out, uh, not all, but the majority. And so, um, 
you know, the, the, even though the, I put the word cure here because I wanted to catch people's attentions, it's the first time I've used it, and I explain in the book uh, to take that with a grain of salt or as a caveat because there's no definition for a cure for MS. But at some point, when you take these aggressive MS that are relapsing and remitting, and then you see that they get better, stay better with no treatment, no disease activity for, you know, a decade or two decades, uh, maybe people ought to start, maybe, if we're lucky, we can start uh, uh, thinking that way. But currently, there is, because nobody's ever had a therapy that they felt could allow them to define a cure, um, and there's no biological marker of the disease, uh, nobody has a definition of cure for, for MS. And uh, so I've always avoided using that. Uh, and I give that caveat again, just by using it in the title. And it's there. So, because I wrote this for lay people and I want, you know, rather than always being so modest about it, I want people to know and to, you know, know that there are options out there for them. Dr. Burke, just remarkable work, miraculous work. Again, the book's titled Everyday Miracles. Uh, Dr. Burke, congratulations on your wife's work. Just phenomenal. Thank you very much for joining us today on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you so much.